the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We began the week with a look at Israel's salvation. As we hit the midweek point, we'll conclude our look at Romans 11, verses 1 through 15. Join us for Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner next. When it comes to Israel's salvation, the Apostle Paul is pretty in-depth here in the book of Romans, chapter 11. And verses 1 through 10, he deals with the perils of unbelief, but also Israel's salvation. We have our final look at that, and then we'll move on to see God's amazing grace to the Gentiles as well. Now that's tomorrow. For now, with our final look at Israel's salvation, again, Romans 11, verses 1 through 15. Here's Pastor Gary. I can tend to be a little short-term realist myself, but I want to be a short-term realist under the authority of Scripture, not by my feeble reading of history, which is always shot through with holes. Certain periods are marked by the most dreadful declension in the church's worship, doctrine, and practice. But what is Jesus doing behind the scenes? And what does he promise to do? He says, I will build my church. It is my church. I'm going to build it, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. He intends to bring incredible gospel fullness to the Gentiles. Beloved, do you believe that? We have many of the riches today. But there are more. He doesn't say, well, then there is going to reach a point where the riches will stop and everything is just dead and we have a decaying culture. No, he intends to bring gospel fullness, he says. Therefore, we, because we are part of the church, we must be zealous for the master. There was a great enthusiasm in the late 19th century of working for the master. Remember the hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be, Consecrated Lord to Thee. This is lost today in the church. Take my life, but don't take my phone. Take my life, but don't take my favorite television show. I'm on show number 3,462. I can't stop now. Take my life? Really? Not all of us are preachers or evangelists in the former sense, of course. But every believer, every single one of you here today, from the youngest to the back to the front to the oldest, every single believer is duty-bound to do what he can in his particular sphere, with his particular gifts, to advance the cause of Christ in this world. Every single believer Not one of you gets a vacation. No one can say, well, my reading of history tells me that it is hopeless, so let me run to the caves. 
You don't have that permission. God says, I'm going to bring fullness. Our responsibility is to believe and to obey and to work because, after all, Christ is not a man. He is king. And we have his rule, his grace, his spirit. And we have his command not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil by good. To speak the truth in love. To believe God's promises. To live godly in Christ Jesus. Yeah, okay. Expect persecution. Expect hardship. But expect fullness. Because we live in God's world. So it is clear from this passage that God's intention for the church and for the gospel is to grow and to prevail even if it seems for a while to sink into a certain kind of death. What's he going to do? He will revive her again by his power. So we must be faithful servants in all things. Turn to Luke chapter 12 verse 35. It comes at the end of the parable of the wedding feast. He says in verse 34, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then in verse 35, Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. And you yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord, for their Lord, when he shall return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he, the Lord, shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. Is your light burning? Yes, there are periods of decline and we'll feel very weak and we know the wicked are doing this and that. But understand that the king reigns at the right hand of the Father to bring seasons of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Are you ready for them? We don't know when the bridegroom is going to come and and visit this particular age again with renewal and grace and strength and opportunity. But we need to be ready. We need to be expectant because the king reigns. It's not the cronies in Washington. It's not the idiots in Hollywood. It's not the simple people on Stevens Creek Boulevard. Many of them are really lackeys of the devil. They're not in control. The king is. And he's going to visit his servants. Now, if we descend deeper into this passage of Romans 11, I cannot help but be struck by the fact that the world is very, very different than what we commonly hear today. Men think biblical religion is dying out today. But we see here that God has a long memory. (laughs) Have you ever thought about this? You know, I'll forget a verse I just memorized this morning by 5 o'clock this evening. But here is God quoting this 1,500-year-old verse because with God, the past is as present as the present is. This is the reality now. Wait a minute. I thought that was old. I thought that was was in a dusty scroll somewhere. Beloved, God's scrolls don't gather dust because his word is living and powerful and it shapes the course of history. 
God does not say, well, it looks like the Gentiles, or, or at least the men of the West, have outgrown the gospel. And it looks like they have rejected it. So I've just got to con- be content with the crumbs I can get. Nor does he say about the Jews, well, you know, they are beyond saving now. I mean, some of them are held by Palestine. Many of them are scattered and some of them are engaged in all kinds of political and economic chicanery. So there's no way that God's original purposes can be filled and realized. Really? You know, if only our hearts could be gripped by this one conviction that God does not change. Men change. We're blown about like leaves. But God doesn't change. He spoke And his intent is secure. He's never stymied. He's not threatened. Perhaps he hardly even takes notice of what his grasshoppers are doing. He is just fulfilling his purpose and he is armed with power and with grace and will to save the worst of sinners. You know, if we would believe this, It would fill us with a daily sense of hope and purpose and confidence and joy. But also deliver us from that hopeless melancholy retreatus. Oh, woe is me. Let me hide with my family. That is so paralyzing to the gospel effort. You would not be here professing Christian. Had other people and other disciples adopted your same attitude towards the evils of their age. There's no hope. It's pointless. The ship's going down. I can't wait until it does go down. Those fools, they get what they deserve. That's not what the earlier Christians thought. Those Christians said things are always bad in the city of man. They're always bad where Jesus has his heel crushing the serpent's head along with all his little snakeling disciples. Things are always bad with the wicked. So what are we supposed to do? Overcome evil with good, not hide. Let's eat out the heart of the wicked by speaking the gospel. And beloved, there you are. Because someone got off his duff and shared the gospel with someone within their sphere of influence. And if we go beyond that some one person got off his duff and went and shared the gospel with the barbarian, Germanic tribes, the British, the idolaters, and so on and so forth, but not us. So things are too bad. And I'm content in my station. So don't bother me. I'm in my cave. This is not how this passage would teach us to think. Never will I believe the gospel. And maybe a few other people do. But the situation is just hopeless. There's more of them than there are of us. I mean, they control all the technology and big government and statism and perversity and all the other stupidities that we see today. Well, okay. But the Lord does not give us permission to say... All you can expect is bare survival. He says, I want you to expect, what I want you to expect is what I tell you to expect. And what I tell you to expect is gospel fullness and riches. So get out there in your families and worship me. Speak the truth in love. Leave the results to me. 
You don't have to be a fanatic. Just live as a Christian and trust me that my word is the most powerful thing on the face of this planet. There's nothing else that compares, not even any other power on this planet except my word. That is why anything man does collapses. So instead of being a pessimist and being defeated before we even get started, let's take a few keys, cues from these verses. We should be filled with incredible joy that God is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus Christ. God has promised yet to bring incredible riches. Are you praying for them? Our confession says to. Our confession and the larger catechism says pray for the fullness of the Gentiles. Pray for the conversion of the nation of Israel. Pray for these things and labor for them as you have opportunity. Yes, the Jews are at present cast away. We're not seeing any wholesale conversions at this point. But this hasn't thwarted the gospel. Men and women from every tribe, tongue, and nation now believe. And even more are being drawn every day. Why is this? John 3.17 beginning actually in verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But verse 17 says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. You have that? To save it. And God is going to save the world. Now, some of us, we get so mad about this. They're stealing from us, deceiving us. They're lying to us, manipulating us. Yes, I agree 100%. But again... So much of that vision is incorporated from unbelievers who are frustrated and not from Scripture. Scripture says, I did not send my son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. And here we are rubbing our hands together and watching all these various judgments and thinking, oh, the fire from heaven is falling. And as a dispensationalist out there crying, it's coming. Hallelujah. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it and save it, beloved. He will. He will bring such gospel abundance. And you are a part of it. The Gentiles will be saved and the Jews provoked to jealousy so that they will turn from their delusions and embrace Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And since this is so, for God has spoken and it is wicked to reject his word. Every individual, every family that is a disciple of Jesus Christ is one more diamond on the Redeemer's crown, one more fullness. Each time, You resist looking at that pornography man and say, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to deny myself. You are a part of the fullness of Christ. I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to pray with my family. I'm going to read God's word with my family. I'm going to read a Christ-centered book instead of wasting my time with the whoever's out there in the world. I'm going to do something worthwhile. 
Every time we do these things, every time we speak of God's mercy to a neighbor, we are enjoying and in some respects contributing to the expansion of the gospel riches. So our present circumstances, yeah, I'm with you. They seem bleak. But remember what Isaiah said. When the enemy rushes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will take up a standard against them, and that standard has already been lifted. And all men are flocking to it. The standard has already been lifted. We're not waiting for a standard to be raised any longer. Isaiah was waiting. God's people then were very small remnant, like a hot in a wheat field. But yet the standard now has been raised. The cross, the Redeemer, He is raised. He has ascended to the right hand of the majesty in the heavens. The standard is raised. So we are walking, are we walking in it? Are we speaking of it? Do we delight in it ourselves? Are we encouraged by it? Are we humbled by it? And if we have momentarily lapsed, Because I know I have, and probably so have most of you. Please understand, this always gives way to the Lord raising up His church again. Why do we carry a cross? But so we may share in the resurrection. This is God's way. We live in weakness so that God's power, the power of Christ, may rest upon us. So there is never a reason... For hopelessness or despair for the believer. Instead each one of us must trust the Lord. That the God in whom we believe. Always brings good out of evil. He raises the dead to new life. He ends seasons of mourning. And brings rejoicing with the dawn. This is who he is. Let us labor for his honor. Let us believe his word and seek the riches that. Jesus put out there on the table. Seek it, businessmen, in your business. I want to honor the Lord in making this sale. I want to honor the Lord in making this contact. Mothers, I want to honor the Lord in disciplining my children in love by speaking to them tenderly. Fathers, I want to honor the Lord in worshiping with my family and discipling patiently and meekly and waiting for the Lord to work in my children and not thinking that I am the Holy Spirit and I'm supposed to control everything. I'm going to do everything to honor the Lord. Why? Because these are all just various diamonds that the king scatters in the path of those who walk with him. That's his gospel abundance. But above all, one lesson that I want you to keep and hold fast to today, this week, and hopefully for the rest of your life. The love of God is still in the business of saving men and nations. Now granted, he doesn't do many mighty works because of our unbelief today. So we can try and make our worship look as much as the world as possible. But statisticians do not lie. Statisticians say, how many people are being truly converted by our efforts? People just seem to be moving around looking for the next show to watch. Do we believe that God saves sinners and that he does it through his word? Preached, believed, with no shows, no rock music for Jesus. 
That is the only God there is. He's not your personal genie to make all your problems go away. God is not your personal genie so that you never feel lonely or feel any pain or never feel hurt. God saves sinner in the midst of their afflictions, sometimes out of them, sometimes with them, but that is who he is. This is God's purpose, to reconcile the world to himself through the Lord Jesus Christ, and not one single thing or person can stop him. Every weapon that is formed against him will fail. He holds all the heathen in derision. And yet, we tend to bite our nails. Oh no, what is the present going to do? What is he doing? What is the CFR doing? The Bilderbergers. What are all these fools doing? And in comparison, that would be like me worried. Here comes a lightning bolt, so let me get out my gun and see if I can stop it. It's kind of scary. But God is sitting back and laughing. These people cannot keep me from saving the world. I crucified my son to save the world. And I will save the world. It's mine. Please understand, the hour is not late except for the wicked. But if we want to be part of what God is doing, we've got to believe his promises. We have to get on with his program. I've thought about this in my own life. When my time comes, it could be tomorrow or whenever. Will any of you remember what marked this man? You ask this of yourself. What will others remember you for? Will he really knew his cars? Well, she really had a clean and beautiful home. Boy, he really was a snappy dresser. Boy, he really knew all the contrarian conspiratorial websites, and he could spot those snakes ten miles away. What are others going to know you for? You know, well, my mama, my dad delivered the gospel, and they loved Jesus Christ, and, and they encouraged me that no matter how far gone someone seems, God saves dead people and brings them to new life. I learned that from my daddy. I, I learned that from my mama. Yes, they took me to the Giants game. Yes, we went to the movies. Beloved, do all those fun things. But make sure you do them. When you do them, you remember behind the scenes, there is Jesus Christ who saves sinners. That's how we get children and grandchildren to recover out of our lethargy and our laziness and our American consumption. That's what we have spiritually today. Laziness, consumptionism, lethargy. So many diseases. How do we get out of that? By gospel love, gospel zeal, Trusting in the mercy of God. Let me leave you with a reminder of John 3.17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. As so many Christians today believe. 
but to save it. Let that go with you today and every day. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Where I have erred, forgive me. Cause it to be forgotten. Where your word has been faithfully proclaimed, we ask to cause it to bear much fruit within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner. The ministry of Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose. As always, it's a delight spending time with you here in God's Word. And if today's program has been especially helpful to you, we'd love to hear about it. Would you take a moment and contact us? Let us know how the program is encouraging you in Christ. It would mean a great deal to us. From time to time, we'd like to know how the program is being used by God. And that would be a great gauge for us. A quick letter or a phone call. Here's how to contact us, 408-866-5607. That's our phone number, 408-866-5607. Or you can write to us at PMB, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB for post mailbox, number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is the zip code. If you'd like to know more about Reformed Heritage Church of San Jose or Pastor Gary Wagner and Abounding Grace, you can visit our website, reformedheritage.org. That's reformedheritage.org. And leave us an email when you stop by. Let us know you paid us a visit. You're also welcome to, again, call. That phone number is 408-866-5607. If you'd like a copy of today's program, by the way, mention today's date when you contact us and we'll get a copy out to you. The cost is $5. And any amount you send above and beyond cost of resource materials will go right back into the radio program as this is a listener-supported ministry. We're able to continue our daily presence here on this station as you continue to support us financially and prayerfully. We appreciate your help in this endeavor. Thank you again. For further information, reformedheritage.org or 408 866-5607. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.